Cardinal Muller had some strong and clear words on the Amazon Synod document published over the weekend in Italy. They reflected the kind of leadership that is, at its most basic level, missing from the church today. One that defends something resembling Orthodox Catholic teaching in light of an explosive growth of revolutionary sentiment among the hierarchs surrounding this pope, especially from the German Bishops' Conference. The Amazon Synod is clearly a revolutionary moment in the church, propagated by Germans using, frankly, what looks like the social justice ideology and relativism to promote a paganization of the faith that bears little to no resemblance at all to the faith you and I profess, regardless of your beliefs on any other issue. The Amazon Synod should unite Catholics from across all walks of life in opposition to these changes, but few are talking about the Amazon Synod. That's actually astonishing, and or should be astonishing, except not many prelates are talking about it either. But Cardinal Muller did, and he had some sharp words to say on the Synod. The Cardinal came out and said the following to an Italian newspaper whose name I won't try to pronounce. If you're watching this on YouTube, there's a screenshot of the headline, an outlet which is in Italian and published this in Italian despite your seeing English on your screen. Again, Cardinal Muller said the following, quote, it, meaning the Amazon Synod, comes from an ideological vision that has nothing to do with Catholicism. They treat our creed as if it were our European opinion, but the creed is the revelation of God in Jesus Christ, who lives in the church. There are no other beliefs. We must absolutely reject expressions such as ecological conversion. There is only conversion to the Lord, and as a consequence, there is also the good of nature. The sacraments are not rituals that we like, and the priesthood is not a sociological category. The revelation of God in Christ becomes present in the sacraments, and the church has no authority to change the substance of the sacraments. End quote. And, you know, he's right. The church does not have the right to change the substance of the sacraments. Here's what he's talking about, at the very least, about a desire to change the literal substance of the Eucharist from the bread materials used around the world, to yucca root, which I have reported on previously, and he's probably alluding to changing the nature of the sacramental priesthood as well. And thank God he is speaking up when so few others are speaking up in this time of overt and in the open apostasy. But Cardinal Muller called the Instrumentum Laboris, or working document, of the Amazon Synod an act of stupidity, which is frankly just great. It is long since past time that someone called out the German bishops and their enablers in the Vatican for being stupid, though I do think that at least a few of them are fully aware that what they are doing will destroy the faith if left to run its natural course when these so-called reforms spread throughout the church in America, Europe, Africa, and Asia. Cardinal Muller knows this too, as he also correctly said, and I quote, The Synod of the Amazon is a pretext to change the church. And the fact that it is done in Rome means that they want to emphasize the beginning of a new church. End quote. Those are, shall we say, an interesting choice of words. A new church. Obviously, we all know that the Protestants started a new church when they revolted against Christ and his vicar on earth. But this brings to mind a sort of prophecy made by, ironically enough, someone the Vatican is likely to have fully canonized within the next few years, Venerable Archbishop Fulton Sheen, who said the following. It's a lengthy quote, but worth going into at length. You'll see why. It comes from his book, Communism and the Conscience of the West, published in 1948. Quote, Satan will set up a counter-church, which will be the ape of the Catholic Church. It will have all the notes and characteristics of the church, but in reverse and emptied of its divine content. 
We are living in the days of the apocalypse, the last days of our era. The two great forces, the mystical body of Christ and the mystical body of the Antichrist, are beginning to draw battle lines for the catastrophic contest. The false prophet will have a religion without a cross, a religion without a world to come, a religion to destroy religions. There will be a counterfeit church. Christ's church, the Catholic church, will be one, and the false prophet will create the other. The false church will be worldly, ecumenical, and global. It will be a loose federation of churches and religions, forming some type of global association, a world parliament of churches. It will be emptied of all divine content. It will be the mystical body of the Antichrist. The mystical body on earth today will have its Judas Iscariot, and he will be the false prophet. Satan will recruit him from our bishops. The Antichrist will not be so called, otherwise he would have no followers. He will not wear red tights, nor vomit sulfur, nor carry a trident, nor wave an arrowed tail as Mephistopheles and Faust. This mas masquerade has helped the devil convince men that he does not exist. When no man recognizes, the more power he exercises. God has defined himself as, I am who am, and the devil as, I am who am not. Nowhere in sacred scripture do we find warrant for the popular myth of the devil as a buffoon who is dressed like the first red. Rather, he is described as an angel fallen from heaven, as the prince of this world, whose business it is to tell us that there is no other world. His logic is simple. If there is no heaven, there is no hell. If there is no hell, there is no sin. If there is no sin, then there is no judge. And if there is no judgment, then the evil is good and good is evil. But above all these descriptions, our Lord tells us that he will be so much like himself that he would deceive even the elect. And certainly no devil ever seen in pictures could deceive even the elect. How will he come in this new age to win followers to his religion? The pre-communist Russian belief is that he will come disguised as the great humanitarian. He will talk peace, prosperity, and plenty, not as means to lead us to God, but as ends in themselves. The third temptation, in which Satan asked Christ to adore him and all the kingdoms of the world would be his, will become the temptation to have a new religion without a cross a liturgy without a world to come, a religion to destroy a religion, or a politics which is a religion, one that renders unto Caesar even the things that are God's. In the midst of all his seeming love for humanity and his glib talk of freedom and equality, he will have one great secret which he will tell to no one. He will not believe in God, because his religion will be brotherhood without the fatherhood of God. He will deceive even the elect. He will set up a counter-church, which will be the ape of the church, because he, the devil, is the ape of God. It will have all the notes and characteristics of the church, but in reverse and emptied of its divine content. It will be a mystical body of the Antichrist that will in all externals resemble the mystical body of Christ. But the 20th century will join the counter church because it claims to be infallible when its visible head speaks ex cathedra from Moscow on the subject of economics and politics, and as chief shepherd of the world of world communism. End quote. Now, I'm not saying that Pope Francis is the Antichrist or the false prophet of prophecy. I'd honestly expect someone more competent who could keep the charade going more convincingly than what we have now. I also suspect that this move towards paganizing the church will fail, simply because God will probably not allow it, using some means or other to interrupt their attempts. This could include Francis realizing that this move would be extremely unpopular in certain circles, and would, like with the synod on the undermining of the youth, intervene in the end and stop the worst from being implemented. That did happen with the Youth Synod, and it could happen here, though who really knows. 
Maybe Synodality will win the day in the with the Amazon Synod, at which point I can't see what else happens but open an obvious schism. That is, the schism that really already exists today would be on full display for all to see. I mean, obviously, anyone who promotes the desecration of the Eucharist by replacing it with a mockery made of a glorified carrot for use in South America isn't really Catholic. The Jesuit missionaries who arrived in the 16th and 17th centuries in South America seem to have no trouble with the Eucharist as it has classically been composed in the Western Church, and they lacked modern amenities to protect the host. This is just one example, maybe the simplest, of the changes these people have promoted in the name of essentially ecumenism and paganism. The interview with Cardinal Muller is illustrative. Yes, he displays some of the post-conciliar thinking, but in a way that at least attempts to integrate that thinking into the Catholic faith. And no, I'm not defending post-conciliarism here. But here's an example of his brutally speaking the truth about what these maniacs are after. It's a long quote from the interview done with the Italian journalist, where he was asked about the concept of a cosmovision, which is obviously alien to the faith, as he'll assert here. Quote, the cosmovision is a pan-naturalist conception, or, set in the modern European materialist context, similar to that of Marxism. In the end, we can do what we want. God is not nature, as Spinoza formulated, but we believe in God, creator of the universe. Creation is for the glorification of God, but it is also a challenge for us, called to collaborate with God's saving will for all men. Our task is not to preserve nature as it is, but we have the responsibility for the progress of humanity, in education, in social justice, for peace among peoples. This is why Catholics build schools, hospitals. This is also part of the church's mission. Nature cannot be idealized as if the Amazons were an area of paradise, because nature is not always loving towards men. In the Amazon, there are predators. There are infections, diseases, and even these children, these young people, are entitled to a good education, to benefit from modern medicine. One cannot idealize, as is done in the synodal documents, only traditional medicine. It is one thing to treat a headache. Another thing, when there are serious illnesses, complicated operations. Man not only has the right, but also the duty to do everything to preserve or restore health. Even the council values modern medicine, because thanks to this we have defeated so many diseases. We have lowered infant mortality, and also risks for the mother. The modern technique is not for itself the devil, but must serve to solve ma the many problems of human existence. End quote. And everything he said there would trigger the modernist, who embraces cultural relativism, even to the point of open absurdity. And he didn't even mention the barbaric practices of the indigenous peoples in question, who often bury alive their newborn daughters as a practice of both gender selection and population control. Clearly, these are cultures we want to emulate, right? But my favorite part of this is when he eviscerates these modernists for the use of the term Mother Earth. As he said, the Earth is not our mother. Mary is our mother. The Church is often described as our mother. But the Earth is not our mother. The Earth has been placed by God into the care of human beings. It is ours to be stewards of, and that is a concept that the modernist hates because it flies in the face of the new paganism that has taken root in the West, which idealizes these cultures, which, ironically, is a form of the racism that they evangelize against with such energy. But what is being espoused by the Amazon Synod authors is, as Cardinal Muller states, something that only leads to pantheism, which is the natural consequence of confusing the created for the creator, or essentially worshipping nature and defying the anthropocentric nature of the faith, the latter especially called heresy by Cardinal Muller, for the faith is explicitly anthropocentric, or human-centered, that is what anthropocentric means. It means human-centered. 
After all, the eternal Logos became flesh and dwelt among us, with the explicit purpose of, of being crucified for the salvation of human souls. If that's not anthropocentric, nothing is. I could go on and on, but I won't. I've posted an English-language translation of the full interview on the Sources blog, returntotradition.org, a link for which can be found in the description of this podcast. It's an illuminating interview to say the least. Remember, few people seem to be talking about this synod as if it was going to be okay and that nothing of consequence was going to come from it. It may be up to us to prepare people for what is coming by spreading the word ourselves, but there is something more that you and I can do to combat the evil they are proposing. I'm considering trying to organize a 54-day Novena of Novenas for the Synod. If people are interested, it would need to start on August 13th, 2019. Ironically, perhaps, a day important in the Fatima timeline, for that was the day in 1917 that the Fatima children had been kidnapped by the Masonic mayor and prevented from visiting the apparition site. I just find that interesting and not likely a coincidence, for nothing in this battle is a coincidence. Not anymore. Anyway, let me know what you think of starting a novena of novenas on August 13th in order to fight the synod. If so, I'll reach out to those I know who have organized these things before and see about how to properly do it. Let me know in the comments below. Thank you for listening. For Return to Tradition, I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.